You are listening to Love Me Dead, a parasitic romance horror, written and read by J.M. Santos. The blue-eyed woman sat in the back of my car with her gaze fixed on the rearview mirror. She looked as comfortable back there as any passenger in an Uber would. She spoke again. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. It's just, I know what you're thinking. You want to go to a hospital and get yourself checked out. Any normal human would. But if you do that, you'll never see your friends or family again. They will kill you to get to me. And then, they'll make you disappear. She motioned to the front seat with a nod of her head and said, May I? I just nodded my head in return. She made her way up to the front. Long, toned legs gracefully cleared the middle console as she sat in the seat. Another whiff of my grandmother's baked goods followed her as she passed by me. She was fully clothed this time. Well, sort of. She was wearing a black spaghetti-strapped tank top that exposed all of her highly defined arms and most of her chest. Skin-tight blue jeans covered her legs, and to cap off the outfit with a punch, a pair of blood-red six-inch heels. She leaned her body up against the passenger side door to face me, and crossed her arms under her chest, which had a way of accentuating her already prominent characteristic. I gestured with my index finger, silently asking her permission. She nodded slightly, and I reached out and poked her bare shoulder. It was solid and warm. I quickly pulled my hand back before she could bite off my finger. Of course, that was only in my mind. She just sat there quietly through the whole experimental prodding. So you are real, I said. I am to you, she replied in her sultry voice. I don't understand. What does that mean? It's complicated. Can we go back to your place? Maybe talk over lunch? Um, sure, I guess. The words just came out of my mouth. I can't believe I was going along with this. I needed to get to the hospital and figure out what was wrong with me, but here I am discussing lunch plans with a creature that forcefully crawled its way down my throat and is now living somewhere in my stomach. But man, she hot. It's so hard to think straight when she's around. This isn't the only bad decision I made drooling under her spell. Do you have any meat at home? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think we have some hamburgers. We were going to throw them on the grill for dinner. Fresh or frozen, she asked. Wow, kind of picky for a first date, I thought to myself. Fresh, I think, from the market. Okay, that'll work for now. Let's go home and have some burgers. We pulled up to the apartment complex, and I parked in my normal parking space. I never really thought of doing this before, but I felt compelled to let her out of the car. Running behind the car, over to the passenger side, I opened the door. She stepped out of the car, one stiletto at a time, and stood up to her full height. With her heels on, she had to be almost six feet tall. I drank in every heavenly inch. My eyes flickered over to the sidewalk, just long enough to catch an elderly woman walking her teacup terrier. The old woman was just standing there, looking at me like I had three heads. The tiny little dog was yipping at her as it ran little circles around her feet. 
I realized I must have looked odd, me just standing there, mouth open, holding the door open for this blonde runway model. She didn't even seem to notice her, though. She just kept staring at me like my pants were around my ankles. Closing the door behind Miss America, I led her up the walkway to the building's lobby. Always the gentleman, I held the door open for her there as well. We took the elevator up in relative silence, shoulder to shoulder. After a couple seconds of clumsily trying to insert my key into the door, I got it open and gestured for her to come inside. She walked through the threshold and looked all around the apartment, taking in each section at a time. Nice place. Cozy, she said approvingly. Thanks. Ryan is a bit of a neat freak. Likes to keep the place clean. She raised one perfectly manicured eyebrow. Ryan? Oh, uh, yeah, Ryan, my roommate. I couldn't spit the sentence out fast enough. My 100% totally platonic roommate. No gay stuff here. <laughs> I mentally facepalmed myself. Get it together, Jason. You're falling apart at the seams. So, how about those burgers? I yelled over my shoulder as I ran into the kitchen. When I turned the light on, I stopped short and almost tripped over myself. She was already sitting there at the small kitchenette table, her hands folded in her lap. I poked my head outside the doorway I'd just come through to check to see if there were two of her. I looked back, and there she was, smiling at me. Sure, I would love something to eat. I'm starving. As if on cue, I felt a rumble in my own stomach. I walked past her to the fridge, hugging the wall to keep my distance. Opening the fridge door, I moved some food items around, searching for the hamburger meat. I found the package and pulled it out of the fridge, along with some cheese, lettuce, and other fixings. Placing the food down on the counter, I grabbed the glass mixing bowl from one of the cupboards, and I turned on the foreman grill. I ripped the plastic packaging off the meat and dumped the contents into the bowl. So, do you like cheese on your burger? Ketchup and mustard? I asked while balling up some hamburger meat in my hands. No. Just the meat is fine, she answered. Okay, how do you like it cooked? Raw, she replied. Um, do you mean rare? No, I mean raw. I stopped making the patty and held it up so she could see it. You want it just like this? Yeah, that will work, for now. Grabbing a bun from the open package, I split the bread apart and put the raw hamburger patty inside of it and put it on a plate. That's okay, Jason. I don't need the bread. And the bowl will be fine. No need to dirty any more dishes. This was seriously getting weird. Was she really just going to eat raw hamburger out of a bowl? I plopped the patty back into the glass bowl and landed on the other meat with a wet slapping sound. Walking over to the utensil drawer, I grabbed a fork and a knife. I tried to set the bowl and utensils in front of her as elegantly as I could. I stepped back and folded my arms, waiting to see what she would do next. She looked down at the meat and then back at me. You don't understand, Jason. I don't need to eat in your world. You need to feed me in mine. You need to eat this. All of it. There was three pounds of beef in that mixing bowl. Uh, that's a lot of meat, and I'm really not that hungry. Plus, I'm not into raw food. I mean, I guess sushi is okay. A tentacle woke up in my stomach and constricted itself around my intestines. At least I think it was an intestine. There's no way for me to know what was really going on in there. I winced in discomfort. Jason, I'm very hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. The grip tightened again in my belly. 
You need to eat. I need to eat. When I'm feeling more myself, we can talk. I promise. Eat the meat. Looking down into the bowl of bloody meat, all I could think about was my puking episode earlier that morning. If two eggs and some yogurt made me barf, what is three pounds of raw Angus beef going to do to me? I looked her square in the eyes as I picked up the fork and stuck it in the bowl. Mentally, I began pumping myself up like I was a competitive eater. It was the 4th of July and I was Joey Chestnut, looking to break another world record. The first forkful went into my mouth and I chewed up the cold meat. Surprisingly, it wasn't that bad. The texture grossed me out, more than the bland flavor, but I didn't feel the need to immediately heave. After the first couple of bites made down my stomach, I could feel the knot loosen and the grip relaxed. Her face also seemed to relax as she looked at me approvingly. She took up a more comfortable posture in her chair and watched me shovel in bite after bite. Half the bowl was gone now, but I didn't feel full. I didn't know where all of this was going, but I didn't show any signs of stopping. In fact, the only uncomfortable part of the whole process was the amount of chewing I was doing. It probably took me 10, maybe 15 minutes to lick the bowl clean. I threw the fork in the empty bowl and leaned back in my chair, content. She mimicked my pose. Not bad. I feel much better. But we can't let any of that go to waste, she said. Confused, I showed her the empty bowl. What do you mean? I ate it all. No, you didn't. She said, not looking at me, but at the empty hamburger container. I got up and looked inside the package. Oh, no. No fucking way. The package was empty, of course, except for the leftover blood. Are you crazy? I'm not drinking that. Jason, the meat was a good start, but I'm going to need more. More than you can give me right now. We need to buy some time. She got up from the chair and stood directly in front of me. She reached out and took my hand in hers. I don't want to hurt you. Please, do this for me. Her fingers ran through my hair and settled on the back of my head. Guiding my head down with her touch, I noticed she was a lot bustier up top than she was in the car. I'm talking at least a whole cup size bigger. Maybe two. Her other hand fiddled with the strap of her tank top, enhancing her cleavage. Her crystal blue eyes seemed to sparkle with sincerity. I really believed that she didn't want to hurt me, but would if she had to. This is insane, I said, snapping out of the trance she put me under. With a shaking hand, I opened up another cupboard for a tall glass. It made a surprisingly loud banging noise when I placed it on the counter. It sounded like the forthcoming of my doom. I poured the liquid contents of the package into the glass. Bright red blood coated the side, and little pieces of leftover meat swirled in the eddy it created. It filled to about half a cup. You know this isn't real blood, right? It's a mixture of water and myoglobin, a protein. You sure you need this? I tried to convince her as I began to place the glass back on the counter. Drink it, please. Trembling, I brought the glass to my lips. I never took my eyes off her as the crimson liquid slid down the glass and into my mouth. I thought if I just swallowed it whole like a shot and not let it touch my tongue, it wouldn't be so bad. That was a bad idea. The little pieces of meat touched the back of my throat, launching it into that pre-puke dance. I gurgled and coughed up the blood. She gently lifted my chin back so I wouldn't spit any more of it out. Blood trickled out of the corners of my mouth and ran down in between her delicate fingers. Cup empty, I flung my head into the kitchen sink. My throat made this strange noise like a cat hissing and the little vacuums they use at the dentist to suck up your spit. 
I washed the cup out several times, then filled it to the top with water. I swished the water around my mouth and spit it in the sink. Then, drank a full cup to wash it down my throat. <coughs> that was horrible, I said in between burps. She had her arms crossed over her stomach and looked at me with gratitude. Nice job, kid. I feel better now. Are you ready for that chat? She was walking through the kitchen doorway, back into the living room. I just nodded my head and wiped my mouth with a dish towel. I followed her into the next room, watching her sashay over to the sofa. She sat in the corner of the couch and patted the cushion right next to her. I sat on the other side. I don't think she took it as an insult. She knew I was being cautious. Okay, so, I'm sure you have a lot of questions, and... What the fuck are you, and what are you doing in my body? I blurted out, cutting her off. She made a calming gesture with her hands, and motioned for me to sit back. I obliged. I've done this a few times before, and I learned that it's not good to dive into all the details head first. It can get a little messy. A shock like that is no good for your system, and what's not good for you is not good for me. So, let's start small. She stuck her hand out for a shake. My name is Ava, and I'm your new best friend. I sat back in the couch as far as I could go, avoiding the outstretched hand like it was a venomous snake. Ava just looked at me smiling, oblivious to my awkward reaction, and after a few moments, put her hand down back in her lap. I relaxed just a bit and took up a more normal seating posture. I've been around for a long time, Jason. Longer than anyone you know. But like you, I'm relatively young and haven't had a lot of good experiences meeting new people. So, let's take this slow. She gestured for me to ask a question. I took a deep breath and decided to play along. Are you inside of me? Yes. Yes, I am. I cannot survive for very long in your world. I am most comfortable and have the best opportunity to thrive in mine, here, inside you. Am I sick or, or infected? Are you going to kill me? No, Jason, very much the opposite. You are my world now, and I want what's best for you. I don't understand. How can you be inside of me and sitting right in front of me at the same time? Well... The first time I... I... Ava rubbed the back of her neck and looked sheepishly into her lap. The first time I bit you, I hijacked into the occipital lobe of your brain. It's what controls your vision. Now I'm able to project myself to you in your world. I thought it'd make things easier if you had a friendly face to talk to. What a friendly face it was. I took a long minute to study and really soak her in. And that's when the lightning bolt struck me right in the chest. I had one of those aha moments as I dug out the phone from my pocket. After firing up Google and typing a few characters into the search bar, I turned the phone around so Ava could see the screen. Her. Why do you look like her? It was a Google image of Yvonne Stravowski, a minor character in the last season of the show Dexter. That is why Ava looked so familiar when I first saw her. She was virtually a carbon copy of this actress. Some of the minor details were off, but only in a good way. Ava barely glanced at the phone. Jason, I know more about you than you know about yourself. I shape myself into what you most desire. 
I bet you didn't even know you liked blondes. But if you find me unsettling, I can change. The sentence wasn't even out of her mouth yet as she began to morph. Her blonde hair darkened to a deep, wavy brown, and her facial features began to shimmer and shift around her face. Exotic, almond eyes replaced her frozen blue ones, and her skin turned from milky white to sun-kissed tan. Ava was gone, and there, sitting on the couch in front of me, was Julie. I couldn't believe it. She was a picture-perfect copy of my horrible ex-girlfriend. She even sat like a bitch. Her arm was propped up on the chair, her fingers touching her lips, and the feminine version of steepling your fingers in front of your mouth to silently convey how much of an idiot the other person is. A complex flood of emotions washed over me. My heart broke into two pieces. One part, desperately wanting to take her into my arms and try to convince her I really was her soulmate. And the other wanted to throw up all the beef I just ate. Heartache, longing, pain, anger, arousal, embarrassment. It was impossible to tell what I was feeling at any moment because I couldn't tell where one emotion stopped and the other began. No, I find this very unsettling. Please change back. In an instant, she was Ava again. Sorry, too soon? She asked. Yeah, just a little bit. I responded. If you're inside of me, how can I touch you out here? I didn't reach out to demonstrate. Short answer, I'm in your brain. All your brain really does is process the information from your five senses. These senses receive stimuli from your environment, and your brain relays it to you as sight, smell, touch, and taste. In here, I can provide that stimuli. I feel as real to you as the couch we are sitting on, or that phone in your hand. Your brain doesn't care if I exist in the natural world, as long as all the right buttons are being pushed. In my brain? You're in my brain? I screamed as I jumped off the couch, hair clenched in both fists. Your slimy fucking tentacles are touching my brain? I retched at the thought of a parasite boring a hole through my brain matter and taking up space in my skull. I don't know if my mind was playing tricks on me, but I thought I could feel little ripples crawling all over my scalp. Get out, get out, get the fuck out of my head. By this time, Ava was standing up with her hands on my chest, trying to calm me down. She was gently trying to herd me back to the couch. Jason, calm down. You're okay. Okay? Okay? I'm having a conversation with a raw, meat-eating space monster that is living in my fucking stomach and has hijacked my brain. Does that sound okay to- Ava cut me off with a kiss. As she pressed her mouth into mine, the same numbing sensation from last night filled my body. I drunkenly took a few steps back as she pushed me gently back onto the couch. I fought back like a kitten swaddled in a blanket. I slumped into the couch and my arms spread out wide. What? What are you doing to me? I said in a dreamy, sing-song voice. I'm calming you down. It isn't all bad, Jason. There are benefits to being inside of you. I don't just take. I give, too. I can make you better. Stronger. How do you think you were able to get back to your car so fast? If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even made it past that gate. My mind flashed to the broken padlock in my hands. You made me break that lock? I can't make you do anything, silly. I can only enhance you. With me, anything is possible. You will feel healthier. Live longer. Look better. She bit her lip and kneeled down on the floor in front of me. Her hands rested on my knees. 
And there are other things I can do, too. Other things? What other things? I was feeling pretty good now. I hadn't been this relaxed in a long time. I was one with the universe, and also with the couch. Lazily, I looked down in my lap. I was growing. My eyes bulged as, well, as my manhood did. I wasn't feeling particularly aroused, but there was Junior, standing at full attention. My pants became constricting by the second, and the discomfort must have shown on my face. You can take those off if you want. Get more comfortable, Ava said with wickedness in her eyes. I don't know what I was thinking, but I undid my bell buckle with trembling fingers and pulled my slacks down around my ankles. There I sat, the most vulnerable part of my body, completely exposed to a flesh-eating monster from another world. I felt like the sacrificial virgin being offered up on the altar of a forgotten demon. It's hard to explain what happened next, so I'm not going to be coy. I was getting a blowjob from a ghost. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's the only way I can describe it. I knew, logically, that she was not physically there in between my legs, bobbing her head up and down in my lap, but you couldn't tell my dick that. I kept sweeping my hands back and forth in front of me, expecting them to face through her like a hologram, but every time I tried, my hands landed on warm, solid flesh. It was the most horrific BJ I was ever lucky enough to receive. I felt pleasure and sensations that I had never dreamt possible, but I couldn't get past the feeling of being violated by an unearthly being. Sweat beaded on my face as the throes of orgasm were quickly approaching. My body began to stiffen and my skin tingled with goosebumps all over. A deep, guttural moan was condensing in my throat, and I was ready to release a deafening howl of ecstasy when the door swung open. Ryan stepped through the doorway with a plastic grocery bag in each hand. He took one look at the sweaty, disheveled, half-naked man on the sofa and looked away in disgust. God damn it, Jason. That's my side of the couch. Thank you for listening to this episode. See you on the next one. Soundtrack by Wolf Simmons. Recorded at the Cedar Room Studio. If you like what you hear, be sure to check him out on the music streaming platform of your choice. This podcast is protected by a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 4.0, International License. Which means you can't sell it or change it, but you can copy and share it all you like. Please share it with a friend, and don't forget those five-star reviews. Well, that's all I got. Peace, and love me dead.